0: Today's episode of Bringing Grace to the Nation's podcast is brought to you by
1: Toccoa Falls College in ToCoa Falls, Georgia. Since 1907, TFC, glorifying God through seeking and developing leaders who will impact the world for Jesus Christ. For more information on TFC, call 706-886-7299 or visit them online at tfc.edu. That's tfc.edu.
0: Thanks for listening to that. And now, here's your regularly scheduled intro.
1: You are listening to Bringing Grace to the Nation's podcast, where we talk about your theological questions. BGN Podcast is produced every Saturday for your enjoyment. Get more information on our website, grace-nation.com. Also, follow us on Twitter, at grace-nationmin. And on Facebook. Now, here is your host, President of Grace Nation Ministries, Victor.
0: Yo, yo, what is up guys and welcome back to a brand new episode of Bringing Grace to the Nation's Podcast. I am your host, Victor, and I am so excited that you have decided to come back another week for another amazing podcast. I am riding solo again, and I am excited for today's podcast. But before we kind of dive into what I'm going to be doing today, I'll just let you guys know that you should totally go follow us on Instagram because we have a ton of stuff uh, going on. And so like you should definitely go check it out. And also, you should go check out our website. If you haven't checked out our website, it's grace-nation.com. You should totally head over there and sign up for our newsletter because you're going to get a bunch of awesome stuff sent right to your inbox. You're going to know when I post a new podcast. You're going to get some exclusive content. You're going to get devotionals. You're going to be entered in giveaways. There's so much stuff that's available to you through our newsletter, and so you should totally go check it out. I'll have a link to the website in the show notes. You should head over there, guys. I am so excited for today's podcast because originally I was going to be talking about the Holy Spirit and some and like his role in our life and how we oftentimes forget him. And then I was like, "Yo, yo, yo, let's just stop." I want to do that topic, and we probably will do it in the future. But I've been diving into Hebrews lately. I've been in Hebrews for the past I don't know, probably a week, and I'm only five verses in. And the reason I'm only five verses in is because Hebrews, like the first few verses of Hebrews has so much rich theology in it. I was like, I have to record an, an exegetical podcast where we systematically walk through Hebrews 1, 1 through 3, and talk about the theology that we find in it, because I, uh, there's just so much that that's in here, and I want to walk you guys through it, because I'm just mind-blown by some of the stuff that, that we find in the first three verses of Hebrews. And so I have some notes. I have some things that we see throughout uh, the first three verses. They're so rich, and so we're just going to kind of read them, systematically walk through them uh, verse by verse. And I'm also going to be referencing Christ-centered exposition, uh, the main author of this one is Al Moeller, but it's uh, the series editors are uh, David Platt, Doctor Danny Aiken, and Tony Marita. It's a fantastic, uh, it's it's like a series. It's it's a fantastic commentary. And if you have not had an opportunity to walk through kind of the Christ-centered exposition, I definitely recommend it. It's geared towards pastors for people who are preaching the word, but it can be used in any context, especially if you're just wanting to learn and know more about the Bible. And so I definitely recommend that. I'll link uh, this book uh, in the show notes that you have kind of a place to go. And I might be doing more of these. Who knows? But got to take a drink. And uh, we're gonna get started. So Hebrews one one through three. Hopefully, this podcast will only be about fifteen to twenty minutes. I don't want to. I don't want to keep it going too long, but I definitely want to dive into so the doctrine and the theology that we see in these first three verses and how it helps us read the entire Bible. So let's go ahead and dive in. So if you're sitting down and you haven't, an, uh, you have a second to grab your Bible and open to Hebrews one one through three. I definitely encourage you to do so. If you don't and you're driving, don't open your Bible while you're driving. Just, just listen up. And uh, here we go. So I'm going to start in verse 1. And it says this I'll be reading out of the ESV. Long ago, at many times, and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom, he, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purifications for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Let me go ahead and read that one more time. Long ago, at many times, and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets but in these last days he has spoke to us by his son whom he appointed the heir of all things through whom also he created the world he is the radiance of the glory of god in the exact imprint of his nature and he upholds the universe by the by the word of his power after making purifications for sins he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high this These first three verses that we find in Hebrews are so powerful, guys. So a little context behind the book real quick. Uh, Hebrews was written by a person. We don't know uh, the exact author. We don't know if he was an apostle or if he wasn't. Uh, We don't know anything about the author. And a lot of people take the time to sit down and kind of speculate the authorship. Uh, But that's not what we're going to do today because it's totally a waste of time. Uh, Just because... Christ didn't intend for us to know the author. When we read Hebrews, we, we shouldn't be, you know, caught up by finding out who the author is. Instead, God intended this book to be to serve a specific purpose in Scripture, and it just wasn't to be we just weren't meant to know the author for whatever reason God has. A lot of people speculate that it's Paul. However, when you read, you know, the uh, epistle. You, you see that, that it's it's very different from a lot of the other Pauline literature in Scripture. A lot of people speculate Peter or John, which are my two favorites, one or the other, just because it kind of matches uh, their writing style. But we really don't know. And I think that serves a specific purpose. It, this, these verses, specifically verse 1, kind of sets the trajectory for how the book is supposed to be interpreted. Here's what Here's what I mean by that. I'll read verse 1 ag- again. <laughs> Long ago, at many times, and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. That's, that's, that's verse one, all right? So, so this verse sets the trajectory for how this book is supposed to be interpreted. These, uh, this introductory verse sets the context for how the author of Hebrews wants to explain the gospel. It's significant that he begins uh, his telling of the gospel, not with the Jesus's birth in Bethlehem, but with the creation narrative. So, so notice that, that he starts the gospel not with Jesus' birth, but with the creation narrative and, and through the covenants of the Old Testament. So uh, that means a lot, and we'll get, in, we'll get into this in a second. But why does it mean you know, so much? It's because the Holy Spirit, through the author of Hebrews, who we don't know, is placing the story of Christ within the context of God's entire redemptive plan. A redemptive plan that spans from creation to new creation to the end of time. So the gospel is interwoven from the beginning of time. What does that mean specifically for us? Well, that means that we can't disregard the Old Testament, and and Hebrews are going to see as you as you begin your study in Hebrews that it's it's really. Written to people who understand the entirety of the Old Testament, that is who the author is appealing to, right? the he The Hebrews, he's appealing to people who would have a vast knowledge of the Old Testament and saying, "Hey, like Jesus intertwines into all of this, but it's also written to us." and And how's it written to us? Because you know, we have we have this habit of kind of disregarding the Old Testament because Jesus isn't in it. And what Hebrews is going to do is it's going to walk through the importance of the Old Testament. And it's going to teach us how we can read the Old Testament in light of Jesus and the cross. We see that the author highlights the understanding of the story of Jesus and his work on the cross by grasping that Christ was not the first time that God had intervened in history. This is key. A lot of, and again, this is just a misconception that our church has, right? We as church people kind of believe that that Christianity started with Jesus. And although the term Christianity may have started with Jesus, and the new covenant kind of started with the historical Jesus, God, it wasn't his first time speaking to us. The gospel is not God's first word to humanity, nor does it arrive in a vacuum. That's key. And what does that mean? So the gospel isn't the first time God speaks to us. And it didn't arrive in a vacuum, so it's not all that we should be focusing on. And we'll see that all throughout Hebrews, again, the author is giving us the kind of commentary to the Old Testament in light of Jesus. All right, so we're going to go ahead and step into verse 2. Also, one thing that I wanted to touch on. Um, this, it's a little line from, from the book that I'm in. It says, uh, we regularly think of God's grace in the context of salvation, but we must also think about God's grace in the context of revelation. I think that's key. And by revelation, he's talking about scripture. It is, it is only by the grace of God that he has given us his inspired word, right? So that we also need to think of God's grace in that context as well. And that includes the old Testament. All right. So let's go ahead and take a look at verse two. So verse one really sets the context for the book long ago, right? So back to creation, God spoke to us in many ways. Okay. So old Testament, God spoke to us through the prophets long ago at creation. Now we're going to see a quick transition in verse two, but in these last days, he has spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed the heir of all things, through whom also He created the world. All right, now now we're getting into now we're getting into some into some interesting stuff because verse two is is revealing to us that the climax of God's redemptive, redemptive plan is found in Jesus. You see, in one sense, and I posted this on Facebook because I'm going to just quote myself from Facebook. I said, in one sense, the fact that God has spoken is not new as we already uh, have seen throughout the Bible. The gospel must be understood within the context of the revelation that has already been provided by God. Jesus is the conclusion to an already existing story in the Old Testament. Yet, in another sense, God's revelation through his Son is new. The gospel story is the long-awaited conclusion that fulfills all promises and realizes all types and shadows of the Old Testament. This is key, guys. I cannot, I cannot stress this. When Jesus came to the earth, that was not God starting his plan. That was the conclusion to the already existing plan that we read all throughout the Old Testament. John 1, 1 through 1-3 says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were created through Him, and apart from Him not one thing was created. Now we jump back to Hebrews 1-2. Listen to the similarity. But in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. So both of these verses tell us something. And what they tell us is that Jesus was with God at the beginning of time. at The beginning of the world, Jesus was there. So this is key, especially to the audience in which the author is writing to. He's he's saying that Jesus isn't a new character to the story. Jesus has been here the entire time, right? We read in in John 1 that in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God, right? Everything was created through him. And then in Hebrews, we read again that, that that through whom also he created the world. So through Jesus, who is the Word of God, he created everything. Jesus was the means of God's creation. The Son is not only the fulfillment of the Old Testament and the pinnacle of God's saving work in history, but he's also the agent of creation. Jesus is then the beginning and the end. He is the creator of creation. It is significant that the author of Hebrew connects these doctrines of redemption and creation. This is because God who creates is the God who redeems. As followers of Jesus Christ, we must recognize that if we do not have the right doctrine of creation, we will not have a right doctrine of redemption. The creation account and the gospel are both intricately linked. And that's what the author of Hebrews is trying to say, especially to the audience in which he's connecting to. Let me go ahead and take another sip real quick especially to the audience that he's connecting to, right? Remember, he's talking to people who have a vast knowledge of the Old Testament. And so for the author to be saying, yeah, well, you have such a vast knowledge of the Old Testament, Jesus is found in every single part of it. This is a a new idea for the Hebrew people, right? All right, now we're gonna get into verse three. And this is where, kind of a, lot of a lot of my favorite stuff is found. Let's go ahead and read it. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purifications for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. This verse is passed packed full of doctrine and packed full of christology though and we're going to dive into some of that real quick the author of hebrews is clear that when we understand christ rightly is when we see him through the redemption is when we see him in a redemptive historical context as the climax of god's creation and in a theological context as the second person of the trinity This is so important. The power to create is also the power to preserve. God preserves his creation. In this verse, we see uh, some doctrine. The doctrine is revelation, creation, the trinity, the relationship between the Old Testament and the New Testament, Christology and atonement. All of that doctrine is found in this verse, and I'll read it again. He is the radiance of the glory of God, let me find myself he is the radiance of the glory of god and the exact imprint of his nature he upholds which is that that preservation we talked about he upholds the universe by the word of his power after making purifications for sins he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high again the doctrine we find is revelation god's revealing himself to us creation right he created the world the trinity right jesus is the second person found in the trinity the relationship between the old testament and the new testament christology which we'll drive into in just a second and atonement see the author of hebrews is trying to to punch home this christology and if you don't know what christology is it's the doctrine of christ i mean that's what christology is it is the study and the doctrine of jesus christ so in verses 1 through 3, this, these are all of the, uh, this is all the Christiological uh, stuff that I found, all right? So just hang in with me. This is just a few of them, all right? So in verses 1 through 3, we see that Christ is the Son of God. He is the revelation of god he is the fulfillment of the old testament he is the heir of all things he is the agent of creation he is the radiance of the glory of god he is the expression of god's nature he is the preserver of all creation he's the purifier of god's people and he's the mediator for god's people that word purify is key and uh the the author uses the word purify for a specific reason again he's using language that he knows would radiate best with the audience he was writing to so to purify would instantly send the hebrew's mind to sacrifice so so the word purify is sending the hebrew's mind to the sacrificial system and he's saying that jesus is the final purification he is the complete consumption of all purification right? And so to a Hebrew's mind, this he's saying that, that sacrifices are no longer necessary because the ultimate sacrifice has been paid through Jesus Christ. All of these concepts are so huge to the Hebrew people. So again, the, the Christology that we find, is the Son of God, Jesus Christ is the Son of God, revelation of God, fulfillment of God's revelation in the Old Testament, the heir of all things, he is the agent of creation, he is the radiance of God's glory, he is the expression of God's nature, he's the preserver of all creation, he's the purifier of God's people, and the mediator for God's people. Obviously, Hebrews is not for the theologically faint of heart. Hebrews is for those whose endurance will richly be rewarded with a remarkable portrait of Christ. This, this is crazy, and I, I don't want to go too much further into Hebrews uh, right now. But, but I want to make it clear that if you choose to start studying Hebrews, maybe for the first time, or maybe uh, for the first time in a long time, or maybe you want to kind of dive into it with a new mindset, I want to make it clear that the point of Hebrews is to is basically a commentary for the Old Testament. It's crazy, and you're going to read on uh, that, that the author of Hebrews is quoting Old Testament passages right? And these passages weren't just picked willy-nilly, like they weren't just picked here or or there for, you know, whatever reason. It's actually quite interesting. The Old Testament passages that are quoted all throughout chapter one of Hebrews are taken from one of the major divisions in the Hebrew scripture. There's a quote from Psalms 2-7, there's a quote from 2 Samuel 7, which is from the prophets. There's a quote from Deuteronomy 32, which is from the law. Through, through a rhetorical question, the author is making the point that God never makes any claim uh, to sonship over angels. And again, that's that's something that you're going to read further on. But the interesting thing is that God is quoting uh, himself, right? Because the Holy Spirit is is basically writing hebrews you know through the human and the holy spirit is commentating on his own scriptures found in the old testament so these the scriptures that that this author is using aren't just being tossed in there willy-nilly they have an exact purpose and you're going to read that the rest of chapter one is pretty much a quotation from the old testament with some commentary here or there specifically in relation to you know the angelic counsel and how god is above the angels because that's going to set up something that that's important when when you get into when you get into chapter two but when you're reading chapter one there there's a few things that i really 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 think that you should be pulling away from it and it's that the gospel is not the start the gospel is the finish the gospel is the conclusion of god's plan now I'm not saying that it's the conclusion of time or history, right? Because when we talk about the second coming, when Christ returns, like that is the ultimate conclusion to this narrative, right? But the gospel is the conclusion. All people and all promises are found uh, saved in Christ. And when I say all people, I'm talking about God's people, right? The elects. That all those promises are fulfilled in Christ, it, he realizes all the types and all the shadows that are found in the Old Testament by types and shadows. I'm talking about anti-types and types, uh, people like Moses, right? They, they, they kind of give us like an idea of who Jesus is in the Old Testament because Moses intercedes on Jerusalem or on the Israelites behalf right? Just like how Jesus intercedes for the church's behalf, right? So like you see these types and anti-types and Christ is kind of the fulfillment on that. If you want to learn more about types and anti-types, you can reference a post that we have on Grace Nation. But I want you to realize that that, that the story does not start in Matthew, but the story starts in creation. We need to have a proper understanding of the creation doctrine so that we can understand and interpret the gospel the way that God intended for us to. We have to have an understanding that that Jesus is the Son of God. He is the revelation of God. He's the fulfillment of the Old Testament. He's the heir of all things. He's the agent of creation. He's the radiance of the glory of God. He's the expression of God's nature. He's the preserver of all creation. He's the purifier of God's people, and he's the mediator for God's people. All of these things can be found in the first three verses of Hebrews. And so I want I want to encourage you guys to go through and read the first three verses. And I'm going to have some questions posted in the show notes, and I would like for you guys to maybe go through them and kind of answer them. But I, but I want to ask you one question now, and I, I hope that this podcast would give you enough information for you to answer this question now. How do the theologically rich contents of Hebrews 1 impact the way you view Christ? Does your everyday life and theology reflect the worth of Christ, and I kind of want to leave you guys on that note, guys. I had a lot of fun kind of walking through the first three verses. I know it was a little scattered, but i think I think we dove in um appropriately. We didn't get too crazy deep um but we we definitely we definitely hit it hard. I want to encourage you guys to not be scared. Of Hebrews, it's definitely not for the faint of heart. It's full of a ton of theologically rich content. It's full of a lot, a lot, a lot of doctrine, a lot of references to the Old Testament, and so it's really going to test your knowledge. Like, there's going to be a guy called Melchizedek that's going to show up in a little bit, and when people are reading Hebrews, they think that this is the first time Melchizedek shows up. But it's not, right? So it's really going to test your knowledge of the Old Testament, a place where most Christians are not as fluent, right? And so when you read Hebrews, don't get discouraged by the fact that you don't know what the author is kind of talking about. Use it as an encouragement to go back and really dive into the Old Testament and find Jesus in all of the texts. In fact, we're even doing a series right now on Grace Nation's website that I want to challenge you to go look at. And Basically, that series is finding Jesus in the entire narrative of scripture. And so what my buddy Tim is actually doing is he's systematically walk, picking uh, five or six passages in scripture. And he's systematically walking through those, preaching the gospel. And these passages of scripture are areas in the Bible that people don't normally see Jesus or places where the gospel isn't as easy to find. And so the ones that we currently have up, he walks through the Levitical law and he's like, we see Jesus because Jesus is literally on every page of the Bible, right? And so he preaches the gospel from the Levitical law. The other one we have out is actually on creation. And so if you really want to dive into Hebrews, I definitely recommend going and reading that post on creation. And he kind of preaches the gospel from the first verse in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And so he preaches the gospel from there and then Jump into Hebrews and, and, and look at how long ago God spoke to us through the prophets. But now he sent to us his son, right? And so really begin to, to kind of chew on these things and to dive into these things. Because you will grow immensely, especially when you surrender yourself to, the word, to God and allow the word of God to really penetrate your heart. You're really going to see yourself grow. And that's really what I've experienced over the past few uh, days studying the book of Hebrews. And there's so much more that I could have gone into or that I would have liked to have gotten into, but I just don't, I just don't have the time, unfortunately. So I hope we, uh, we were able to kind of do it justice here in this, uh, I don't know, about 25 minutes. I hope you guys did enjoy it. I hope it was fruitful. I talked fast. Uh, I really did. And so if you have to listen to it and kind of like 0.5 speed, you can, I'm sorry, um but yeah i really do hope you guys enjoyed it maybe we'll do more stuff like this we have a lot of really fun stuff coming up in the future um we have the we have the pastor discussion podcast that's going to feature on the show soon we have the bible project that's going to feature on the show soon possibly jd greer that's going to be on the show soon so we have a lot of really cool stuff coming up and i'm super excited to be able to bring that to you guys And I hope you guys enjoy it and give me your feedback. What would you like to see more of? What would you like to see less of? I've been trying to incorporate scripture more and more and more into the show. And I hope you guys are just really enjoying it. I love you all. I hope you guys are all having a great week. I pray for you guys daily. If there's anything that I can do for you, please reach out to me. I'd love to be praying for you and I'd love to help you out in any way that I can. I hope you guys have a fantastic uh, week and I can't wait to see you guys next time on Bringing Grace to the Nations podcast. Take care. You're beautiful. You're one of a kind. And God bless.
1: And that's the show. Thanks for listening. The BGN podcast comes out every week. Questions? Email us at gracenationministries at yahoo.com or tweet us at Grace Nation min. Until next time.